Thank you for joining IAB There. Hello, good afternoon. Today is sep Tuesday, September 15th, 2020. My name is Rick Berger. I am the Vice President of Membership Engagement and Development at the IAB. I'd like to welcome you to today's edition of IAB There. IAB There is our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem to each other. Our topic for today's show is CPG and digital marketing with our special guest and my friend, Daniel Allen. Daniel is the Senior Director of Global Data and Analytics and Innovation at Kimberly Clark. Dan, come on down. All right, Rick, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. How, how are you? I'm doing well, yourself? Good, thank you for uh, the sport jacket. I'm doing the same. This, uh, First sport jacket I've worn since March. So good to see that it still fits. That's what I'm happy Absolutely. about, I think. Absolutely. You're looking sharp. I appreciate that. And I love the room that you're in as well. Thank you. Sound studio. Thank you. Yep. So global, you're in a global role, data analytics and innovation. That's a lot. Can you sort of frame your role, describe what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So at Kimberly Clark, as you mentioned, uh, global data analytics and innovation leader, uh, I sit in the global digital center of excellence, which is uh, part of our growth organization. And uh, at uh, very simply, I'm responsible for driving clarity to marketing performance at scale. Uh, so one component around measurement and implementing measurement for that's fit for uh, various purposes and how we approach the topic at Kimberly Clark, as well as uh, unlocking the power of prediction. Uh, so there's a component of of the role and the the functional area that is really moving from understanding what happened and the descriptive. Uh, and the diagnostics be behind the investments we make in marketing and moving the organization toward that growth mindset towards the prescriptive and predictive. So, so what will happen? And that involves various aspects such as data analytics uh, products that we approach in the, in the marketplace, uh, platforms, partners that we work with that helps us to uh, implement and work towards that overall vision. So it's an exciting place to be uh, in CPG and Kimberly Clark as the role of, of data analytics and insight is playing a pivotal role in how we approach uh, marketing and future growth for the company. That's awesome. I, I wanna dig into a whole lot of that from a specific perspective. We'll talk about the, your growth, your career sort of uh, growth into that job, but. Staying within your, your current role, so you work across, you mentioned data, analytics, platforms. There's a global element to this as well. What does success look like? Is that brand growth, uh, groups of brands, certain countries? Is it corporate efficiencies? I guess, like, what are the KPIs that you're working against? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to the, the value creation. Uh, and there, as you mentioned, there's different pillars uh, that make up the overall value equation. As I mentioned earlier, I sit in a, in a global growth organization. So the focus is, is paramount at, at growth. And so, you know, from, from innovation and the role that, that insights um, drive into 
uh, concept development or the way that we build creative, uh, the different ways that we package our products, all that goes into leveraging, uh, you know, insights and using data to, to drive at that. Uh, brand differentiation, speed to market are all components of how we're leveraging data and analytics to create that competitive advantage in the marketplace. So, so growth is definitely a, a key component of that. Others that are very important are uh, efficiencies. So you mentioned cost efficiencies. I think that's spot on. Uh, there's a scale component, as we know, building analytical capabilities. Uh, how can you create um, repetitive processes around the generation of insights, the way that we measure our, our marketing investments, the way we execute through, through marketing uh, automation. So kind of a, a bucket around aligning our technology and our, uh, our business investments in analytical and insights capabilities is a critical component of that that can help drive efficiencies for the global organization. And I'm going to say a third one, uh, which is which is super important, and one of the things that really excites me about the role is the global piece. So there's variance by market as you think about the capabilities that are available in the insights and analytics space in the North American markets, U.S., Canada, etc. But understanding what those those market dynamics are um, and providing the right analytical insight solutions. Um, uh, that align with that digital market maturity, the various category dynamics that exist, our market share on where we compete, uh, the analytical and insight approaches that we, we take can, can vary. But then again, from where I started off, it really comes down to that, that value equation. So understanding those market dynamics and understanding where the opportunities are to create value within that. Right. Interesting. Um, okay. I've heard you speak in the past about digital transformation, and we do hear that sometimes. It's kind of like the new strategic. Um, without being proprietary, I suppose, but can you talk about what digital transformation means to you in practical terms, something that we may be able to you know, latch onto and think about? Yeah. Great question. It, it certainly is a, a hot, uh topic in, in our industry and, and in multiple industries. For me, digital uh, transformation, disruption really comes down to um, starting with a consumer-centric mindset in everything that we do. And what does that mean to have a consumer-centric mindset? It's really about empathy, starting with the consumer, uh, walking in their shoes, understanding uh, need states, understanding how they uh, interact with our products, understanding how they want to be messaged to or don't want to be messaged to, all goes into that. And what that enables us to do is to have uh, authentic relationships with, with our customers. And so technology and data have are, are an enabler to accelerate that, to uh, add more uh, complexity around the definition of need states, consumer journeys. And uh, the role that digital plays is certainly important in, in marketing, uh, in the digital media space, but it's also super important in things like pricing and things like distribution. Um, 
way I talked about innovation earlier, but the way that we we develop our products, all that to me is uh, involves digital uh, and, and the process that an organization needs to go through to evolve from, quote, a traditional state to a digital state. Um, it can be significant and it really is important uh, to define uh, what, the, what the value is and, and how it can be applied to the organization. Uh, as, as we think about one-to-one -one customer relationships at, at Kimberly-Clark and some of the ways that we've invested there, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, programs such as Masa Brasos in, in our Latin America markets um, where we have developed uh, consumer engagement, uh, experiential programs um, around our, our, our need states for our consumers. But if you think about what it means for me as an analytics and, and insights practitioner, it comes down to uh, developing the enterprise data strategy. So collecting first party data, defining what the right data transformation tools are um, and how we can leverage those to implement um, you know, better, faster, smarter ways of doing things around things like e, uh, uh, AI or machine learning, uh, investing in technology as a single version of the truth. So getting that unified view of, of our consumers. And then, of course, analytics tools that help um, derive insights and measure performance around that. So you're right. It can be a broad term, uh, but the, the, the value is, is how it can be applied to, again, our, our, us as a, a CPG company. Uh, and in the categories and in the markets that we operate. Right, so I heard a few things in there, um, not the least of which was a nod to identity, which we'll come back to, but attribution as well, which we're gonna get to as well. I wanna ask you one question, and this is for um, for the sales side, the seller side that may be listening and uh, viewing today. I'm guessing from your role that you are on occasion meeting ad tech partners or martech partners or media partners, big platforms, I suppose. And um, we know each other from that side of the business, from our years at Converse and Epsilon. So in a nod to that audience, if they're coming to see you and they're able to secure a meeting with you, can you give some advice? What could the sales side do better or think about before they come to see you to have a more efficient and fruitful outcome to a meeting? Yeah, I, first and foremost, I would just, as you mentioned, uh, I've, I, I've been in, in that seat and I, I've been where, where you are. So that would be the first thing I would say. And it's, uh, um, you know, being on the, the brand side now, I, I look to the value and the ear to the industry and the, um, the, the understanding of the, the current trends and dynamics that, that are there that are extremely valuable to me as a brand marketer now. So, so understanding that, that there's tremendous value that you can bring to the table is, is, is one. Um, I guess when it comes to it, it, advice, and it, again, it comes with the fact that I, I, I have been where you are, but you know, don't don't just come from the perspective of selling a solution, but come with the perspective of how you can help solve uh, our problems as, and our challenges that we have as, as a company. So that means understanding the operations of how CPG works as a manufacturer that sells through. 
uh, a channel before we can get to uh, an end consumer mm -hmm. transaction in, in most cases. Um, the nuances of our, our particular company within the CPG uh, industry and the, the categories that we operate in, the markets that we operate in, uh, what that looks like and, and what are the, the jobs to be done that we're helping to solve for, for our consumers are, are all uh, super important. Uh, and so, so starting with that, and then what are kind of some of those, the channel dynamics? How can you help me solve um, uh, better, uh, create more uh, loyal, drive more consumer loyalty and create more uh, consumer loyalty solutions um, that help, help us retain um, our, our, our consumers? What are the key acquisition points along the consumer journey and how can we um, structure programs uh, along the way that help us to, to do that. I guess two more things along, along those lines. One is very open to, to test and learn. Uh, there's a lot of dynamics that are happening within CPG that are requiring us as a, a large manufacturer to continue to innovate. And so uh, as an analytics and innovation, data analytics and innovation lead, what are the uh, appropriate ways that we can run pilots that help us uh, advance our capability set more quickly. And then also, which is just super important, is how to, to measure the impacts of the investments that, that we're making. So it does come down to the return on the investment. How are we driving uh, some of the key sales indicators? What are other indicators that we can help to understand as, as proxies to sales, uh, such as engagement or, or things like equity uh, different ways that we would uh, approach uh, other types of metrics that can help us attribute back to the overall impact of the investment. Right, got it. So I heard a couple of things and I, I think these make sense. Um, enough about me, let's talk about you. Um, think <laughs> about what are the problems, <laughs> like the specific challenges you can solve for. I think case studies always worked well in my experience, so you can apply. Um, so you talked a little bit about attribution. I want to pivot a bit here. Um, they used to say it's the year of mobile. We heard that for many years in a row. And now I think we're on year nine or 10 of this is the year of attribution. So through that lens, the industry has been striving forever to figure out better sales accuracy. I remember working on Procter back in the day when we had bases testing, which as I understood it, everything got put in a box and they shook it up and out came a sales projection. So, um, you know, became media mixed modeling, marketing mixed modeling from there. Is that where we are? Are there other technologies or things that you're doing in CPG that have evolved a bit? Yeah, absolutely. There are, I mean, so, you know, when I, I talked about it a, a little earlier in our conversation around, around measurement for a purpose, and that's uh, something that I, I definitely believe in. So mixed modeling is, of course, a, a multivariate regression-based approach where you can look at... Um, We're not going to uh, ask you to define that, but we'll have everyone, please, if you could just say that term one more time, and then it'll hit number one on the Google list, I think. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a, a statistical approach that allows to account for several different types of inputs. Uh, such as, you know, spend in media or uh, distribution, uh, pricing, things like that, that, that you can uh, understand the incrementality over a base within a confined set of time. And so it, it has become, in a lot of ways, over, over several years, a standard 
uh, for how CPGs measure their their business. But there's there's some you know challenges with that in that it can be uh, longer to to run the model. It can be you know the the level of granularity that you get uh, from a mix approach can be uh, somewhat somewhat challenged. But it's very beneficial to uh, at a at a high level and kind of um, looking at across the the entire business. It provides a currency for for return, which which is great. But as you start to think about the new ways of making connections with consumers and how you can stitch together those those touch points and different uh, messages across channels, across devices with, with consumers, it starts to get really exciting uh, in the, the role of data and, and technology to, to connect those various touch points to an end outcome. And so that end outcome can be sales, uh, leveraging Panel data, of course, in the in the retail space, you have direct proximity to the transaction, and so you can can look at different um, different types of attribution approaches, where you can think about fractional attribution, last touch, first touch, which we've all been through in our industry, of course, uh, but then also things like incrementality, so test control, um, looking at pre post, looking at different types of markets, and ways of 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 measuring. Uh, 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 different um, methodologies to, to, to uh, measure the, the end outcome. Also, the outcome itself uh, has been uh, one that is, has evolved. I mean, sales measurement is, is certainly one that's important, but uh, in, in other verticals or even in the uh, retail spaces that we operate in, um, driving traffic to, to brick and mortar and understanding where, where their uh, people that have seen your ad have, uh, have, have transacted. Uh, from a geo perspective uh, can, can be useful as well, as well as different types of attitudinal based approach. I talked about equity before, but things like, you know, are measuring uniqueness of your brand or, or favorability and, and things like that and connecting it to uh, an exposure is another way that, that has become, um, uh, you know, popular. So as I think about being fit for a purpose, a couple examples within, within Kimberly-Clark that have been uh, ways that we have uh, taken a, a business approach and, and applied a, a, a measurement scenario to that. One, uh, last year with, with Huggies Special Delivery, for example, um, if you have, have followed or if you're in the market, um, our packaging went from the graphics on the box from a red box to a black box. It was the first time we put dads on the box uh, for the, first, for the uh, first time within uh, personal care. Uh, the uh, understanding of, of need states and how they use our products, whether it's for uh, allergy or cleaning or, or cold and flu, but really understanding you know, how we can personalize our, our messaging is certainly an important part of that, but then attributing the various executions that we, we, we ran to, to reach the consumer in their various need state with a, with a specific messaging, we can then use different attribution techniques to, uh, to, to measure the overall impact of that. So it's really exciting times and, and it can drive towards activation, optimization, et cetera. Got it. So I'm gonna ask you one other question in this area and it's something we've worked on together in the past, of course. Um, ultimately attribution is about getting to the individual level. So it's identity and um, identity means something different to everyone you speak to in the ecosystem. So you could, um, again, I don't want you to be proprietary, but 
how do you go about resolving for identity? Like, give me two or three sort of broad strokes that you think about. Yeah, so, so or, broad strokes. Yeah. First of all, with, with identity, I think the, 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 first, the role that first party data um, plays in your overall identity solution is, is critical. Uh, as you think about the, the companies that have uh, been able to kind of get to that universal type of identifier, there's an element or the, the, a role that, that first party data plays for them. And so as we think about that as a CPG manufacturer or different companies that I've, I've worked with on the uh, professional services side, as, as you know, it, that, that role of how, how uh, companies approach first party data as kind of a seed uh, is, is a super important component of that. The second part is this idea, and it's been talked about obviously in the industry for a while around uh, deterministic versus um, probabilistic types of, uh, of identity reconciliation. And so at a high level, as you know, uh, deterministic being that where you can create those direct linkages to that individual uh, versus, and I'm speaking very high level, probabilistic meaning a graph or some sort of modeled state that enables you to, based on these types of observations, you are predicting the likelihood that it's this person, right? And so how that evolves and going into next year with all the, you know, the, the privacy, the, the degradation of the third party cookie uh, and, and, and how to operate in the cookie-less world and making those connections between other types of identifiers in conjunction with companies' first party data strategies, suppliers that uh, company that clients such as us, uh, companies such as us work within the marketplace becomes so, so critical uh, to lay in that foundation. And you're right, identity really is at the core of that. Um, it's, it's, you know, again, it comes down to the value and whether you're talking about it through that lens of attribution and measurement, or whether you're talking about it through the lens of targeting and reaching the people uh, that you want to reach and with, with accuracy. Uh, all that kind of goes into the equation, but certainly identity is uh, is an important um, kind of topic or or functional area to that that will be driving uh, analytics and insights uh, well into the future. Got it. Um, want to shift gears again? I want to talk a little bit about the the effect of the pandemic. So, I mean, everything blew up in March. Literally, the last time I wore this coat. But that, you know, both on a personal and the business front, were there some things that Kimberly Clark was able to accomplish? And I think we should note, short of owning Cottonelle and Scott, were there some things that, uh, that allowed you to pivot, some moves that you made? Yeah, I, I mean, look, it's it's been um, unprecedented times uh, for sure for for all of us and all the the implications that that come along with that from a business and societal perspective, of course. Um, as you think about what it meant for for us for for Kimberly Clark, uh, we were in a a situation early on where our our products were were becoming front page news, as you kind of kind of alluded to. Um, and, you know, the, we had, were in a, a position where we had to look at, at how to respond um, from a marketing perspective, demand perspective, from, from the supply chain perspective um, that were, 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 were super critical. 
uh, in a lot of ways, as you look back, I think the ways that we we executed was, you know, trends were were underway with even some of the things that we've talked about today in, in our discussion around the role of digital um, and what that means and the way you interact with consumers. COVID definitely accelerated that uh, in a way that was a, was a, a forcing mechanism. Uh, so what would have happened in, in six months previously now was being required to happen in, in six weeks. Uh, for example, you know, we, we were uh, we recognize the, the importance of, of e-commerce fundamentals and, and how to um, how to uh, drive that forward in a way that makes sense for for Casey as a business. I'll say that as a as a company, we think about about four uh, critical components in, in how we operate. One is is ensuring that employees were safe. And what does that mean? It means taking care of our supply chain, um, ensuring that people that, that work in our mills are, are safe and they're able to produce the product and they have what they needed to make their shifts. Uh, from a customer's perspective, uh, we, uh, we implemented a, a, a buy now option on, on our website within four days as a, as a response to that and gave uh, both consumers the, uh, the ability to understand where they can go to purchase our products. And then from a customer, what are the channels where they can go to, to produce the, the products that, so we can ensure that we could meet the, the demand that were, was in front of us and that we could provide that reassurance to, to consumers and help allay some of the concern that was happening at that time. And then from a, a, a community's perspective as well. So we have employees, customers, consumers, and then finally communities. Uh, things like uh, the, our Share a Square um, initiative that we ran, which got 1 million rolls of, uh, of tissue and $1 million uh, to a United Way relief fund. Again, coming to the around the theme of, of reassurance where we're doing what we can as consumers, you will have enough. And, and if you have enough to kind of spread spread that kindness. So sharing some of that, that message as well. So all of that really came, came into play. Um, we could talk a lot about the, the dynamics that kind of come out of that, both within my functional areas, but I, that's what I would say kind of at a, at a high level that really drove our, our response internally and how we uh, responded to the marketplace. Got it. So two things occur to me. One, um, you should have Elaine Bennis as a spokesperson where she can spare a square, right? That's so <laughs> obvious. Um, two, all of those things that you were talking about, actually, if you go back about 12 or 15 minutes into this conversation, those are things you're thinking about all the time. And particular, particularly as the pandemic sort of took hold, that the sell side should be recognizing and reading up on and thinking about how they might help your cause. Because those aren't just media platforms or data platforms, but those are real life things that you're doing and platforms could probably help there. So I'm giving us a nod to time, but I want Absolutely. to, uh, I do want to ask this question though. I saw on Facebook that Kimberly Clark is offering direct to consumer sales in Brazil. I think I have that right. So this could open up a world of new sales opportunity, a, an enormous amount of new customer data and frankly, channel partnership challenges, I imagine. So just off the top of your head, two things, I think. One, 
have you learned some things from the Harry's of the world and the direct-to-consumer packaged goods brands? And two, this is an interesting one. It's a lot of data coming in. Is it too much data? And what is it overwhelming given your role or is it, wow, this is awesome. Look at all this data I have. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot there, and, and would love to unpack it. I, I think from the, I'll just start with the the disruptor comment around you know the ability to come into established industries and uh, bring a new model, such as a subscription model or a direct to consumer model, and and build a brand from that perspective has been um, something that has been delivered and certainly gotten on the radar of, of, uh, of large you know, multinational manufacturers such as, such as ourselves. So it's certainly those types of disruptors are, are, uh, are out there. And you know, how, how do we think about evolving our business model, not just uh, you know, to meet that competitive, but how, how do we um, you know, integrate some of those uh, approaches that can be learned there that makes sense for for Kimberly Clark and makes sense for for our our different offerings so you you know I kind of talk broadly about it and, and some of it is, is you're right these trends are underway and there's things that we're working on to, to to leverage digital to best meet the needs of the marketplace I mean we've seen it with with restaurants moving going back to the, the COVID example but it, but again moving transitioning from takeout to curbside delivery um, for us, it's it's about it's about following the growth, and as you think about the um, the shift to e-commerce, it's been very clear in in our products where um, you know in a previous world it, they tended to be people that would shop online in our categories would tend to be more uh, younger, um, employed, uh, were at a certain income level, uh, had a certain education level, and the basket sizes tended to be smaller. Whereas we move into the current dynamics and, and more people tending to shop there, uh, shop online, the basket sizes have gone up and it's been very clear that there's different uh, audiences um, beyond the ones that I just stated uh, that, that are, are um, shopping in an e-commerce state. So, so it's, it's certainly something that we uh, need to understand how CPG as a vertical is gonna evolve you mentioned a very astute point there, you know, as a, a large manufacturer, large global manufacturer, we need to look at the right markets where it makes sense, as well as uh, the respect of our channel relationships and our channel partners, which are such a critical part of how we get our products into our end consumer's hands. So it needs to be done the, the right way, uh, the right way for us. Um, and I, and there's, there's different components and different, different ways that we, we think about that in, in partnership with, with the ecosystem. Right. I'm sure trade marketing has a lot to do with that. I, I spent a few years in brand and that was a massive part of my job as a brand manager to think about those. It was, it was a beauty company. So we thought about the mass class of trade and, you know, um, grocery and, um, drugs. So now you have this whole other consideration as well. Okay, I want to um, I want to get to a, a fun part of this conversation. I call this all about you, so it's sort of a rapid fire. Okay, couple of questions. So, really, th this is some critical information. What's the best song with Dan or Daniel in the title? Uh, that has to be Elton John, Daniel. Daniel, my brother. Good answer. I thought you might go, Danny boy. Uh, Best Dan, band, I, I would have to say, is Steely Dan. 
you didn't ask that, but there's a there's a, a bonus response there. I like volunteer information. Um, second, <laughs> you're a former baseball pitcher. I don't think our viewing audience might know that. What's yes. the best baseball analogy for our business in its current state? So you know I'm a Chicago guy, and you know I my I have my affiliations to to Chicago sports, and I'm a Cub fan. But I'm going to have to go to the Yankees for, for this response. Um, and it's actually two Yankees. One is Yogi. I mean, how can you have a baseball coat without, not, without having Yogi Berra? When you come to a fork in the road, take it. I love that yep. as it relates to decision making, as it relates to, you know, apply, apply it to business, apply it to various aspects of life. The other one is the great uh, Babe Ruth. So every, as we know, uh, Babe Ruth was a great home run hitter as well as he also struck out a lot. And he said, every strike brings me closer to my next home run. And so I love that about evaluating risk and taking chances uh, yeah, on this success. Yeah. Well, as a Yankee fan, even though it's tough times right, the last few weeks, I, I do appreciate you calling us out. All right, I wanna <laughs> leave on this. Put on your soothsayer hat. 2021 will be the year of... Well, one we talked about, it's identity. I think that you know it's 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 a, a topic that is 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 continuing to um, come from a, a technical data conversation into something that has a significant Im impact on enterprise, uh, nonlinear customer journeys, uh, and so you know there's been a lot of talk for for years around the the funnel is dead. I think that this is going to be a, a year on how we're we're better able to understand online, offline, cross channel. Um, and, and, and make those connection points. And then uh, I'll say the third one will be uh, marketing automation. Nice. I would say, I know we got to wrap. I would say, I hope it's the year of normalcy. That's what I'm going for. You and me both. Yeah, right. Daniel, thank you so much for joining. You're awesome as I knew you would be. Um, appreciate you joining us today. Rick, thank you for having me. Thank you to the IAB. It's been a pleasure to be here and I really appreciate the opportunity. You got it. All right, let me read some credits. Did you know that IAB there is now a podcast? You can listen to our whole archive wherever you get your podcasts. And it's not just IAB there. On Tuesdays, our IAB policy podcast features experts discussing the legal and regulatory developments changing the industry. On Wednesdays, IAB leaders discuss what's urgent in digital advertising and IAB Real. Go to IAB.com podcast, get everything you need. On Thursday, IAB there. On Thursdays, IAB there. Red Antlers family, Emily Hayward and Soko Glam, Charlotte Cho and Dave Cho will join us to discuss how to build a brand people love from day one with IAB's editor-in-chief, Brad Behrens. IAB there is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ons, John Ward, and Twafika Mohinadun. I am Rick Berger. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye.